and welcome back, Willkommen, to the Cabin, Cabin Fever, Fever Podcast. Podcast. I got more American because you got more American. I just, you know, I, <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I th- when you said Willkommen, I mm-hmm. thought you were going to say like a name of like a French house. Mm-hmm. So I got really thrown off there. Although, speaking of foreign languages, I did just remember my win, so I'm going to hold it. I got a new one now, though. Okay. Ready to roll. But uh, where are we coming to them from? Oh, today we're coming to you from the tippity top of a mountain. We've climbed our way up here and somehow still look fabulous. It's like one of those weird things where I feel like when I exercise, I look hotter. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, like, do you guys get that as well? It's Wait. like that glow, that gentle glow where my flawless skin just seems to shine. Yeah, and it's weird that even without eyeliner, my eyelashes are still popping, my eyes... Glaring. I was going to say seething. That's not a Both of those are bad things, but it's just sad that there's no one here to see because there's no one else around. It's just us on top of a whistling mountain top. A hawk. Do you think he appreciates our stunning beauty, Maddie? Car, car. Wow. That was rude, Mr. Hawk. <laughs> one really fucked up thing mm-hmm. is the size of a fucking bald eagle. Like, oh, no. The- we've been into this a few times, yeah. like, in our personal conversation. <laughs> and don't worry, guys, our personal lives are just as thrilling as they are on the podcast. Like, well, this is the first time we've spent more than two minutes together in about a month. It is. Um, how's we your, do- how's your, how you going, Maddie? <laughs> I've been nocturnal, guys, so that's why there's just been a real big break with the podcast oh, God, It seems like we're, like, it's like a fake, like... We, we should have started a feud. Yeah, that's what I mean. a feud. Yeah. One day we'll do that. It'll be so much fun. Yeah. The um, drama. But we have to make sure it's at a time where neither of us is secretly like a bit annoyed about something or in a yeah. bad mood because then it will escalate really fast. Were you fast. secretly mad about something? No, I was just okay. literally nocturnal. Yeah. My, my <laughs> like, sleep schedule. time to address that would be on the podcast. Has been waking for two days and then sleeping for like 16 hours and then waking for two days and then sleeping for 16 hours. Yeah. And sadly, that truly does seem to be my natural rhythm. But for what it's worth, I only really noticed that about you for the last two weeks because the first two weeks you were doing that i was doing a heavy depresso mm. we've been we've been thriving yeah yeah <laughs> this this hike up the mountain was really needed just for some clarity yeah. and also like if you didn't know oh this is actually part of my wine so oh well let's dive into your wine let's then dive into what's my your wine? wine this is a a first and an only for mm-hmm. this podcast because we have intentionally tried to not do this but my wine is the fucking locky d this Fair. is my freaking wine. Fair. We've been in lockdown. Oops, sorry, that's the coffee table. I've just whacked that. We have been in fucking lockdown. Yeah. The last time that I was out and wasn't, like, doing it for... Just, to just go get my fucking meds. Yeah. Was mid-March. Like, early March. Yeah. We are now in August. Yeah. And, like, there was a little time in the middle of the, like... I'm doing air quotes here in a real angry face. The two fucking lockdowns. Where other people went out, we didn't because we were like, this is a bad idea. Yeah, we could tell when they eased the restrictions that it was not a good idea. So we just kept saying lockdown, leaving the house for groceries and exercise. Yes. So effectively, it has been March, so April, May, June, July, August. It's been over five months that I've just been literally in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And I agree that it's necessary because like... People are fucking idiots. And like, you know, it's one of those things where like, we are very grateful that our government is doing this so we can lock it down. And I'm also very grateful that Will still has a consistent income and we have a nice apartment with like big windows. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this pandemic is affecting everyone and this is starting to take its toll on us. Controversial. I'm just a little bit over the fucking penny D, guys. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, we have tried not to really 
discuss these trying times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, Australia statistically is doing much better than most of the rest of the, well, <laughs> the Western world. Asia's doing actually very well. Yeah, they're killing it. Um, but, uh, and then every time I look at the stats from the UK, and their best point is our worst point. And we're on full lockdown and they're all like hanging out. I'm like, you guys are so stupid. Yeah. I can't even imagine what the second wave there is going to be like. Anyway, I've been holding this in for a really long time because I didn't want to bring it to the podcast because that's not the energy we're here for. But I'm just really fucking sick of it. Yeah. Because I don't like to leave the house anyway. So for me to be getting to this point is fucking crazy. That is very true. I love being, well, I love being alone. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm never alone. And I've realized that's why I'm going insane and like losing my sense of self and like not getting anything done. Yeah. Because the only time that I truly get anything done is when I'm by myself yeah. and being by yourself for an hour is not the same as being by yourself and being by myself when will is out like in the bedroom or something it's not being it's by not myself same, yeah. and i need to be by myself well i think i had that like <sighs> realization uh, i don't know time but um, a few months ago i don't even know yeah. but it's just like not having time actually to yourself where yeah. you have an apartment to yourself and you can do what you want and honestly that explains why you went nocturnal yeah because, because I, I love to be by myself in the dead of night 100 percent because it, even if it's not the day of the night, it's like, you know that that is time that no one is going to disturb you mm-hmm. and you can get what you want done. And even though Will's technically in the house, he's fast asleep. So yeah. you basically have a house to yourself. Exactly. Like it fully makes sense. Like, yeah, Riley and I have had to have so many discussions where I'm like, just do like, if we have an anti-date night, I'm like, don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. You will give me a half hour warning to knock on the door and then you will knock on the door and yeah. then you may enter the room that I am in Yeah, because our apartment is two rooms, so if she wants access to the kitchen, she has yeah. to come into the living room. I'm just like, thank fuck we don't have, like, a studio apartment, or we're not still, like, living at my mom's or something. Yeah. Ugh. But, ugh. Yeah, no, that's fair. I truly need alone time, I think, more than, like, anyone else in the entire world. Yeah. And I deadass mean that. Yeah. So. And I think, like, the fact that even I've got into my point where I'm like, I need true alone time, and I'm one of the most extroverted people. Yeah. So, like. And I thought I was fine, because if I'm, I'm at one it, uh, yeah. of Lucky D. I had a full, like. I was fully nocturnal, but in a way where it was, like, concerning. And I was just watching, like, Icelandic (laughs) crime dramas back to back. Like, that was all I did. And I was very anxious. And Mm -hmm. then I was, like, actually productive and fine. Yeah. This time around, I feel fine. Like, I don't feel anxious. I'm in a fine mood. But I'm getting nothing done and I have no motivation to get anything done. Yeah. So I think that's just, like, I need alone time. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, for real though, you can ask Will to come over for a night and we can play like Mario Kart and shit and you can just vibe. Yeah, but then that's like pressure, you know? It was just nice like when I knew he had a work day and he was gone. And like I grew up in a house with two only children, my dad and my stepmom, and I had like my own wing. Yeah. So like I just am not used to being around people. <sighs> we will never ever mention the serious side of the panty D again. I just, this is truly my wine. Yeah. Because I'm just over it. And people are being so stupid. And we had our numbers down to single digits. And then mm-hmm. everyone was like, I need to have all my friends over for a shitty crudités and a bad cheese board. Yeah. I'm like, you're all fucking idiots. You're all idiots. They truly are. Ugh. Yeah. I haven't even got that all out, but I'm not going to subject you guys to that anymore. <laughs> You'll be scarred I enough. think it's good that you got it out, though. Because I do feel like yeah. you'd be kind of repressing oh it. Oh my god. But it's because I don't want to complain because Will is like working full time and he's going crazy. Because Will know. is such an extrovert. He yeah. like loves to go out to like bars and see his friends and go to concerts and shit and I'm like I want to be at home but I want to be by myself. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Maybe we should have like a communal house meeting about like a day a week where everyone like three out of four go to one apartment and the other yeah. person just always has that apartment alone or something because yeah. we've got 
we're technically got four more weeks of this and I don't think it's, it's not gonna, gonna end. be over no absolutely it's not. not so because until there's a vaccine people are gonna keep being stupid yeah. and it's gonna keep going oh my god can we have a house meeting though how fun oh my god I'll call everyone in I'll have a cheese ball oh my god <laughs> and then we'll spread it to each other yeah <laughs> after I go out to get my meds this afternoon yeah we'll all, we'll all go to, to a everyone. party and then we'll come together <laughs> oh separate parties line up a rave oh I love a rave <laughs> But yeah, it is difficult because Will is working full time from our house and he's going insane. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to be like, ah, because yeah. then he'll be like, I'm actually going to die. Yeah. But. <sighs> Fair. Yeah. Maybe we should have put a disclaimer at the and be like, if you don't want to hear about the fucking pan ADs, skip, skip to this timestamp. Yeah. Well, my wine mm-hmm. is even more serious, Maddie. Yep. It is that I just finished about an hour before this podcast reading Red, White and Royal Blue. By Casey McQuiston. And it is... One, so good. Mm -hmm. But two, I am so mad that that will never be me. If you don't know, the premise, it's like spoiled on the back of the book. Yeah. Um, I I assume. I'm I'm reading on a Kindle. Um, (laughs) But it's essentially the president's son and the prince, like the, the American president's son and the prince of the British royal family fall in love. They sure do. And it is delicious yeah. <laughs> it, is it, so it is so good because i read this well i've i've read okay i read fucking 52 books last year and this year i had read like three yeah so yikes so i've been starting to listen to audiobooks because i'm really good at scamming audible um sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> just to like try and get myself back into like long form narratives yeah. so i listened to the audiobook of it like in one go mm-hmm. and at the start of because everyone hypes this book up Including me to you. Yeah. But everyone hypes it up and is like, this book is so fucking good. And it starts off and you're like, it's a bit fanficy. Yeah, it's a little Wattpad fanfic. Yeah. And I said that to Liam and Maddie because they both were like, read it. And I was like, it's a little Wattpad fanficy, but... But then you get so invested to the point where I was like, I think I cried at one point. Yeah, like, I believe that. Like, I was so invested. <laughs> I'm probably overtired. Yeah, this year I've been learning how to read again because um, I used to never read books. And I have successfully read, I think this was like my sixth or my seventh book, mm. so yay me. Yeah. But... This was the first one where I'm like, I couldn't put it down. Like, every day I'd wake up and I'd be like, it's time to read. Yeah. <laughs> so I had that with all the Crazy Rich Asians. I was like, I must keep going. Yeah. And he has a new book out, but I haven't read it yet. Nice. Um, but yeah, getting back into reading as an adult is a very yeah. rewarding experience. Because I feel like a lot of us, especially if you're in our demo, you probably were a little voracious reader as a child too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, high school kind of, like, beats that out of you. Like, I did not read during high school because they kept trying to force me to read shit. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like, I love reading. It's a great time. Yeah. It's just trying to like turn everything off to actually do it. Yeah. It takes a, it takes stuff. a while to get back into it. That's why I set my goal of like 30% of five books this year. It yeah. was like a low goal. So I was like, I can just do it. And, then and by 30% you're like, you know if you're going to like it. Yeah. Anyway, back to my wine. It's so unfair that like that could never be me mm. because I'm Australian and that is disgusting. Oh, that's what's wrong with it. Okay. No, I know. Okay, look, I also am aware that I'm probably not going to fall in love. Like, we do a lesbian version. where it's wrong with you is, first of all, you're already engaged. Oh my god, well, ignore that. I can break that off. Easy, done. I think that being Australian (laughs) is the least important No, no, it is because the part of why it's so iconic is that they are, like, those high-profile figures. Oh, and what if I was just like, yeah, what if I was like, oh, guys, I'm like, Scott Morrison's daughter like, and I'm a lesbian. Out. Like, out. no one would fucking care. They'd be no. like, who's Scott Morrison? Yeah, and I'd be I like, barely, fair. I only know because yeah. I 
loathe him. <laughs> if you didn't know, we're not liberals in this podcast. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It is confusing that the bad guys are called liberals. It's really country. annoying. Anyway. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So that is like the main, like I'm aware there's many things stopping me from, mm-hmm. you know, being in this position of marrying either the president's daughter right. or a princess of the royal family. I mean, I took it in but- a different direction. Because, like... You're just so highly undesirable, Fiona, that... No, it was more just that you can find your own level of fame Some Like, that's the easy thing to achieve, is that level of fame that people would care. But it's the going down in the history books part. I'm more like, I'm so sad that my boy drama's over. Like, that is so hardcore depressing. That is also really but depressing. But also, like, it's not... It wouldn't be fun if, like, I were single in, like, my mid-30s. That wouldn't be fun. Yeah. That no. wouldn't be fun drama. And I also have like a full meltdown because I always think back to like my fun summers in Europe with my friends like traveling around and I'm like, that will never happen again. Like it may happen again, but like that will never, it will never be like, I've just gone through a breakup and I'm 21 and now I'm going to do everything in Europe yeah. and make out with people from so many different countries yeah. and it's going to be so dramatic. Like that's over and that I really struggle with that. And I think that's why I, I will write books and live through the books. Fair. I need to finish my first one. I like that. <laughs> that is like part of what is so annoying about being in a good relationship yes is that we don't get to have that like i have to go and break off an engagement and like a long-term relationship you i know have to and it's one long- that like we wouldn't want to i know we've found a good one oh. but also i want the drama of marrying a princess or the president's daughter and i just want to be able to not the current president drama and like <laughs> well, well flying around the world to chase boys wouldn't be happening right now anyway so it's probably good that i am in the committed long-term relationship during the pandemic, it's but- fine <laughs> <laughs> How am I that we have supportive, healthy relationships relationships. that are actually surviving the lockdown period? Yeah, it is good that we are at the point of lockdown where, like, if shit was going to get rocky, like, it would have happened. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we're a good match. That's nice. (laughs) Three years into my relationship. (sighs) We did celebrate our uh, third anniversary, if you Mm -hmm. you guys, during the little accidental break we took. Uh, Yeah. Very exciting. What Happy did we do? I don't remember. I think maybe we watched Shit's Creek. And we definitely ordered like two different things on Uber Eats and it was a real party. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Also, um, Cuss and Calvin made you some cookies. They sure did. Yes, they did. <laughs> we adopted Calvin for the day and then he baked up a storm in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my wine. But my win mm-hmm. is also international related. Okay. Where I can't remember if I've actually told you this because again, we haven't seen each other in a I month. don't know what it is yet, but I'm, if it is what I think, you've told me so many times. Go I'm ahead. learning French fair osmosis. Yes, you've yeah. told me this so many times. Okay, cool. Well, I think every time you sit down to, to do it, in. you tell me. It's good to check in. Um, so I've been learning French fire osmosis, which, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, remember Blockbuster? Do you remember you used to get on VHS tapes, there used to be ads you could not fucking skip. Mm -hmm. And then you'd like see the movie in Blockbuster and be like, I know that. Mm -hmm. Two words, Osmosis Jones. No. There was a movie, it was a cartoon called <laughs> Osmosis Jones, and I think he was like a blood vessel or something. Uh. I don't know if Will Smith was involved, but anyway, every time you say Osmosis, I'm like, Osmosis Jones. <laughs> anyway, back to it. Um, so, essentially, I was watching something, and someone mentioned that they studied French literature, and I was like, it's really off-brand that I don't speak French. Yes, it is. And... So I was like, I want to do that, but oh, learning it, so hard. It's not like I have all the time in the world. <laughs> um, so what I did is devise a plan to learn it just by kind of chucking on a French Netflix um, show every now and then. It's called We Are Family. Uh-huh. Uh, How do you say that in French? No clue yet. <laughs> Je suis familier. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Maddie, you're good. <laughs> um, 
I am familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I listen to just, like, French vloggers while I sleep. I'm just, like... <laughs> Sounds great. Sometimes Riley comes in and there's, like, a pause between the videos, and then suddenly she's his French speaking from the corner of the room. And she can understand it. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I've been learning French by osmosis. Yeah. And yesterday, I was scrolling through the old Facebook, and I saw an ad, and I was like, this is weird. It has so many typos, and it's from the Australian government. It was like, we're entering Stadium 4 lockdown, and da da da. <laughs> and then I realised I had been served a French ad from the Australian government. So, so they were basically, so much French. I am French. I am so French that they're like, that's a French girl. We will give her a French... Because then there's the graphic below it, and it was all in French. We must let this French girl know about Stadium 4 yeah. lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, didn't really understand the ad, but... It's a step closer. I wasn't getting that a month ago. A month ago, I was never getting French ads, and now I am. So basically, I am French. Je suis français. Are you planning to do, like, any Duolingo or anything? I kind of want to see how far osmosis can get me. Because the thing is, it is kind of working. Because the first step that I've accidentally gone is I know which words are just English but with a French accent. Yeah. Like print. That's great. So you're understanding English words in an accent. Yeah, so then I can start to put together the ones around it. Yes. That you may run into some trouble if you ever have to figure out uh, anything. Yeah, any any <laughs> translation from uh from audible to 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 written. You may I watch I watch my French show with sub French subtitles oh, as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really immersive. Yeah, Maddie, nice yeah. try, but I have covered that. Well, I am quite multilingual myself. Yeah. I have about four languages on my Duolingo. So. <laughs> Including Hungarian, which I have the passport, but I don't speak the language. It is a nightmare language. Unlike honestly... me with French, where I have the language, clearly. But not, but not yet the passport. the passport. Not yet. Not no. yet. Uh, so that is my win, is that I'm apparently French enough for the Australian government. That's great. What's your win? Um, my win, and this is one, uh, again... This is a first and a last that I will mention this. Uh, it's an Animal Crossing one. Mm-hmm. And this is a ha-ha-ha to everybody. Guys, if you play Animal Crossing, buckle up. Because the, <laughs> other, the other day, I got, like, I've really got so many villagers that I love. And I'm, like, obsessed with all of them. And mm-hmm. I was like, fuck yeah, we're happy. Let's just play on. Mm-hmm. Next minute, someone's at my campsite. I'm like, how fucking funny would it be? Because the, the campsite villagers are always, like, a hideous pig with, like, a f- weird fringe. I've got someone called Gwen today. Yeah. She's a penguin with eyeliner. Or, like, a red <laughs> frog or, like, a chicken or some shit. Yeah. Like, the one before this was, like, a purple koala. And I was like, I already have Gonzo. Fuck off. Um, so I'm like, how funny would it be if I just got, like, after all of my fave villagers I've got, mm-hmm. if it was just, like, Raymond in my tent. Mm-hmm. And it was. I got Raymond at my campsite, and Fiona wasn't awake yet, and Will was just like, um, not... wasn't awake yet, meaning it's probably like what three a.m. No, no, Will was awake. Okay, <laughs> yeah, um, and he just didn't understand why it was so fucking funny to so me. So impactful. Yeah, and I was like, you need to understand because I'm really into watching Animal Crossing YouTube videos at the moment, which is how mm-hmm. we know I'm just not functioning. I just watch people yeah. going on like villager hunts for like hours and hours, and they're all people trying to find Raymond, and I was yeah. like, Will, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. He's a big boy, big boy in the game. Yeah, he is. And I have Raymond. His house is so fucking ugly that I've literally I don't shrouded know the outside, it. I hate the inside. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. The inside, I'm like iconic that you live in a cubicle. The outside, fucking hideous. So I've just planted so many trees, so you cannot see his house. All you Aww. see is a little path. Yeah. <laughs> I may move him because that makes me sad that he's just in a corner of my island. It 
covered in trees. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that's my win because it's just really funny. Very exciting. Yeah. So what is this episode about, Maddie? This Let's episode, tell the people. Guys, remember last epi, we had that fun little chat about modern art and we kept mentioning cursed modern art and then never delivered on that little promise, you know? Mm-hmm. Here it is. It's, it's the cursed modern art episode. Uh, <laughs> this is a real doozy because, boy... I don't know. Honestly, I think let's just dive into it. Yeah, it's real. It's real. It'll speak for itself, and you're welcome. Well, it's very ups and downs, actually. Okay. Because we put very different, uh... very different vibes. Yeah. Very <laughs> different. And, and if you get, you're easily spooked, um, I wouldn't listen to the oh very last god, part. Oh my god! I just remembered. Yeah. Sorry, I was like, I remember we did a curse art episode, but then I just remembered I've had nightmares about this episode. Yeah. Oh my god, guys! Yeah. If you like dark, spooky shit. Yeah. So, like, just a, oh my a blanket trigger warning for this episode. We talk about murder, uh, overdose, suicide, and just actual full-on serial killers. And actual full-on serial yeah. killers. So, those will be mentioned throughout the episode. They are all in Maddie's segments. So, if you want to skip through Maddie's ones. That's right. And what I'm going to do is, I think, maybe in the episode notes, I will actually put the timestamps of when they start and when they end. Just in case Perfect. you're like, I don't want to hear about this one, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is mostly just some lighthearted banter with a bit of serial killer and some really dark background thrown in. Uh, but other than that, enjoy the episode. Hmm. All right. I'm going to kick things off by talking about my first cursed art. Ooh. And it is, God damn it, music by Henry Matisse. But Henri. first, Henri Matisse. Um, I don't get Henry Matisse. He's one of the modern artists where. Every time I see something by him, I'm like, huh? Or I'll see his name and I'll be like, Henry Matisse, I see it around a lot. I must like something by him. Um, and then I look into it and I just am yet to see a Henry Matisse piece that I enjoy. Henri. Henri Matisse. <laughs> if you search music by Henri Matisse, it is essentially five people of... Five little naked red men. So it's just five just red people... Of, and it's described here as an uncertain age, uh, in the most vibrant blood red color, mm-hmm. and it is so disturbing, and I hate it so much, and I'm scared that even having it open for this long on my screen while I talk about it is going to set a curse upon my people. And we are going to put ourselves in the firing line and put all these cursed images up on our Instagram. So hopefully you have that up as a companion as you're listening to this. If you yes. don't, stop, open it up. Don't skip ahead. What I will say about Matisse, and I think this is what confuses both of us, mm-hmm. is that Matisse is someone you categorize in your head in the same like sort of group as like Monet and Rodin. Like it's just the French sounding artist from relatively recently. Yes. And so you're like, I'm going to see something beautiful. And then it's this shit. Yeah. And this is a hundred percent what I would think of when I'm like modern art. And that's why I thought I didn't like modern art. Yeah. Well, there you go. So sorry. Henri, if you're listening. I think he's dead now. He's probably definitely sorry, dead, Sorry, yeah. Honoré's descendants, who are definitely listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry that we don't like Papa's work. What upsets you the most about this? My uh, The blood, the red colour. Is it this weird stumpy arm here? The red colour is what gets me first, but then the green painting also makes me really uncomfortable because it is so patchy. Yeah. Especially around the people. And I just don't like this artwork. It's almost like a children who grew up to be like a full-on murderer yeah. would have done this. I don't like it. And I I know you're just asking me questions because you want you, you know that you have essays written about your cursed artworks. Yep. So you want me to talk about mine for some more. But I haven't got anything else to say. I just don't like it. And you want to stop looking at it now? I want to stop looking okay. at it. So let's go on to Maddie's in-depth 
analysis of her lads. Boy, is it. <laughs> so my first cursed artwork is uh, a triptych mm-hmm. by Francis Bacon. It is called Triptych, comma, May hyphen June, 1973. I like Francis Bacon work. Yes, but. What's this one? Yeah, I'm curious. Francis Bacon. Very interesting man. There's plenty of weird shit to discuss about him, and I suggest you guys start with the documentary Francis Bacon, A Brush With Death, because that's where I started. someone did do research for this. I mean, I watched the documentary and was so fucking disturbed I came up with the idea for this episode. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Francis Bacon, A Brush With Death, it's on YouTube, and then branch out from there. Um, But really tapped fucking guy. Mm -hmm. Um, He used to destroy a lot of his own art, like, he would be like, I'm over it, and just, like, destroy it or get someone else to, like, throw it out and chop it up. Mm-hmm. So anything that actually survived long enough to be bought or put in the gallery is very significant because he destroyed, like, most of his own shit. Yeah. As Fiona said, she likes Francis Bacon. Yep. Um, a lot of his work is, like, disturbing first. and unsettling. Oh, yeah. But in just, like, a normal intentional art way. Yeah. Like, it is very, like, a vi- it's visceral work. You look at it and you're like, yeah. oh, I feel something. Yeah. And I can't quite pinpoint why. Mm-hmm. Also, um, he wore a lot of the fancy collar things. What are they called again? God, what's it called? A rough? It's not a rough, though. It's got a fancier word. What do you mean? The big fancy collar boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a rough. Oh, it's just a rough. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so a lot of his work is, like, upsetting on a level or just disturbing or whatever. But, like, that's art. Art's yeah. meant to make you feel something. It's not all meant to be pleasant. Yeah. So that's fine. But this specific fucking triptych mm-hmm. disturbs me so deeply I because of the every- backstory. I feel like every time I say triptych, but continue. It's literally called triptych. I know, I know, but it's just fun. <laughs> and it's also one of three triptychs known as the black triptychs. And they're all fucking cursed for the exact same reason. Okay, why are they cursed? But this one is, is the most cursed in my opinion. Uh-huh. So, Francis Bacon mm-hmm. had many lovers in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. One of which was a man named George Dyer. And okay. George Dyer was from the East London crime scene. Oh. He was like a, a mid-tier criminal. Yep. Wasn't really doing murders, but was doing lots of robberies and shit. Mm-hmm. They had quite a fucked up relationship mm-hmm. for, I think, close to a decade or something. Like, it was a long relationship, kind of off and on. Okay. And over the course of that relationship, George Dyer, like, lost his whole identity, basically. Because he went from being, like, an East London crime boy yeah. to being with Francis Bacon, who and they had a really dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. And he would, like, talk down to him and... George Dyer developed, like, substance abuse and alcohol problems because the emotional dynamics of the relationship were fucked. Mm-hmm. And also, all Francis Bacon's art friends, like, looked down on this man and was like, you're a weird yeah. peasant, you don't understand art, you're not good enough for us. Yeah. So he went from, like, kind of being in his own world to being destroyed by Francis Bacon's world. Oy. And it just was not a good time. So George was looked down on by the art guys. Mm-hmm. Their relationship was very strained. Um, and they broke up for a time. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of reconciled very temporarily uh, around 1971. And in 1971, big year for Francis Bacon, mm-hmm. because he had his big, big, big important art show at the Grand Palais in Paris. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge moment for him. Yeah. Because it was like, this is, this is it's the a Grand making Palais of Paris. him. Yeah. yeah, this is the making of him, the biggest ex- exhibition of his fucking life. Yeah. The real timeline of how these things happen is questionable because the people directly involved really lied about it. Yeah. Um, but basically, in the hotel room that... George and Francis Bacon were sharing. Mm-hmm. At some point, George overdosed and died. Okay. And it's thought that it was suicide, but it may have been an accident, but okay. he overdosed and he died, right? Yeah. Francis Bacon then, mm-hmm. the next morning, because he had gone to sleep in someone else's room because okay, like, they yep. had a fight over some shit. Yeah, whatever. Francis Bacon comes back the next morning and finds George Dyer dead on the toilet. Oh. Francis Bacon. On the toilet, like Elvis. 
yeah, a lot of a lot of people die that way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so, if you're overdosing, like your body's trying to get everything out. Yep. So I never really thought about logistics of overdosing on the toilet before, but anyway. After continue. I tell you this story, we'll look at that painting again and it'll fucking haunt you. Oh fun. So uh Francis Bacon comes in, finds yep. his dead body on the toilet. Yeah. There are like two other people with him at the time and they're all like, Oh no. This yep. is gonna ruin the art show. Because it's like the fucking day before the art show. So he finds his lover just dead on in the bathroom. Yeah. And they're all like, we can't tell anyone. So they just like back out of that room, pretend they haven't seen it, make a pact. They're just not going to bring it up for a couple days. What the fuck? And he goes on with his gallery opening. Oh my God. Yep. So he's going on with the gallery opening. I would want the hell if I overdose. And then someone that I was dating had an art show the next day. I would haunt the fuck out of that. Yeah. Like, when I was watching this documentary, I was like, I yeah. swear to God, George Dyer is, like, with me right now. Yeah. So then Francis Bacon, the next day, goes to his gallery opening and mm-hmm. is acting completely normal. Mm-hmm. And then someone has to, like, come up to him at some point and, like, fake break the fucking news. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they, they may have even waited till the next day completely. Because their whole thing was, this cannot ruin the art show. Yeah. It absolutely cannot ruin the art show. Oh, my God. Right. How fucked is that? Yes. Very. So, then... After the art opening is over, they go back and pretend to find the body again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole time he's like schmoozing with people at his art show. George mm-hmm. Dyer is just in that hotel room dead. And people know, but they've just left him there. Because God. this art show is so important. Yeah. Keep in mind, what destroyed George Dyer as a person and brought him to that was place in his life the art world. was the fact that the art and the art world was more important than him. And then he literally dies and Francis Bacon is like, my gallery is more important than telling anyone you're dead. That's fucking insane. Yeah. So, at some point... You know what's extra weird? What? Is that this happened in the 70s. Yeah. Like, this feels to me like 1800s. Nope. <laughs> it's not. Nope. There's like footage of him at the gallery opening like in color. Yeah. Oh my god. And the guy's dead. Yeah. At some point, Francis Bacon goes back to this hotel. Mm-hmm. Like a year later or two yeah. years later. Yeah. To the fucking hotel room. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if it was the exact same hotel room or if it was, like, an identical one. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he did go back to that actual room. Why would you want to go back to where you found your dead lover's suicided body? To paint it. Oh, no. Yep. So, he went back to the hotel, and I'm not sure if he did it, like, before he painted this shit or as just as inspiration directly in order to paint them. But he went back there, and that's why these paintings are all fucking cursed. So he did three separate triptychs around George Dyer. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are not literally depicting him dying in the bathroom, but the one I picked is. Mm-hmm. And Francis Bacon... For maximum curse potential. Mm-hmm, ...described these paintings. Uh, Bacon admitted that they were created as an exorcism of his sense of loss following the 1971 suicide of his former lover and principal model, George Dyer. Uh, I don't want fucking anything near me that has been described as an exorcism. No. And then you couple that with the fact that his life was ignored for art. Yeah. His life was destroyed for art. Yeah. His death was ignored by art. And then his death was made into art by the man who destroyed him. That's insane. That's fucking crazy. So when you look at this painting, I'm going to show it to you again in a minute. Yeah. These paintings, the ones I've chosen, show the moments of his death. So they show him... Let's see. On the toilet, vomiting into the basin, and then like... The fact that these are paintings that he literally went back to that hotel room to, like, look at the inspo for. That is... I hope you guys are looking at these paintings. so fucked up. It is so disturbing that it's like, do you genuinely not have a conscience? Because 
you're now commodifying this man's death, which you arguably like. I don't think that it's any ever anyone's fault when someone like when something like this yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. But you then are, you you ignored his death, and now you've made it into art that you're gonna sell for fucking like twenty million dollars. That's that is insane. I think this is one and of the most And it's so things. graphic as well. Yeah. Like now that I know the story behind it, I mm-hmm. didn't really even understand that there was a toilet bowl involved because yep. modern art. Yep. But he's sitting on the toilet there. He's like throwing up into the sink before he dies. It's very graphic. And the fa- like when you know the, the backstory. Yeah, when you know that like that was like the person he was in a relationship with, and then he just goes back, finds and, his dead body, and then and can draw it. Mm-hmm. And could go off to his gallery and act normal just knowing they just left him there. Yeah. This shit is so fucking cursed. And I understand. Like, I am solidly on Team George. I'm like, this is fucked, you poor guy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my first uh, cursed image. And... (laughs) Jesus. uh, One of these triptychs, I think it was the third in the series, so not this one, uh, recently sold for 26 million pounds. And I get the the significance of this, but the idea of a series of paintings of the last moments of the painter's lover's life, when that death was a direct fucking result of issues developed from being destroyed by the person. Like, that's wild. I'd like, I don't want any fucking part of that. No. Holy shit. That whole gallery, anything that was in that art opening is so fucking cursed. No. So that's very interesting. That's not even the most like interesting thing about Francis Bacon. So really, watch that documentary. Yeah. Do some research. Jesus Christ. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice light start. So, to bring it up. I um, was going to say none of my other ones involve death, but yeah, they do. Okay, go on. Um, <laughs> so, to, to lighten the mood a little, um, the artist Jeff Koons, <laughs> <laughs> he just, he makes a lot of he makes a lot of statues of balloon animals. <laughs> and I just really don't like balloon animals. <laughs> as, as I mentioned earlier, I really did not put as much <laughs> research or thought into this as Maddie did. <laughs> so yeah, basically Jeff Koons. And if you're listening, no disrespect. Um, but hey, balloon, <laughs> balloon art, and specifically balloon animals, I hate them. Fair. I cannot describe to you when I see one and I don't know what age this began at because when I was a kid I was fine with them it wasn't like one of those kids who was terrified of like a balloon dog but then I remember when I was working in a clothing store one day and a kid came in with a balloon animals a big one and I was just like nah like something had flipped in me and I was like fuck that nope I literally don't want to be near that I hate it I'm like scared of it. I don't want it. Mm. Um, and so, <laughs> if you don't know, Jeff Koons just makes massive, massive statues that look like balloon animals. Mostly yep. balloon, the little dog Dogs, that yeah. everyone can make. Well, I mean, not everyone. I would never want to. No. But it seems to be a pretty. It's you know, you make the sword, you make the flowers, and you I make the little dog. I definitely try to make them sometimes, but then sometimes they untwist, and I want to die. And there's yeah. just nothing in the world that's worth that. <laughs> so, the shock of a balloon untwisting? No, thank you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just really don't like balloon art in general. I'm sorry to any balloon artists out there, but I cannot get on board with it. There's no one normal that makes balloon animals. I'm sorry. That's probably true. That's probably part of it. And they sometimes... No, they usually use... No, that I pump, wonder but... if there's non-people who make balloon animals because I wonder... I've never met a clown, but a clown's normal because if you think... No, 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 no. I think you're going to say no because you're, you're, just, you're not separating the art from the artist. 
Okay. I'm wondering if... Have any of you been a clown or dated a clown? Let me just tell you. Like a real clown, not like, oh, my ex, he was a clown. We are going to circle very heavily back to clowns in this episode. Oh, fun. So, ask your question. I mean, all I, all I want to know is... If anyone has personally known a clown, were they just a normal ass person? Like you know how like you meet people who do like Disney princesses for parties, yeah, and then they can be normal ass people outside of that, or just like a doctor who sometimes like volunteers in the children's hospital like as a clown. Yeah, it's not. No, but I mean, I mean like, like full blown cl- like I mean it's oh, your job to be a clown. I was trying to be generous here. No, I'm mm. I'm meaning someone who it is your job to be a clown, but like who are you outside of work? I'll tell you about that later on in this episode. Okay. Anyway, yeah. the point is. Um, I hate balloon art. So all of Jeff Koons' art. I mean, I'm sure he's done other stuff. I just didn't want to look into it because I was looking at too many balloon puppy dogs and it stressed me out. They are technically very good. It's very good art. Well on done, art Jeff. Level, yeah. But for me personally, no thank you. Don't like it. And also lots of people have like the mini versions of them. Like that's like a cool art to yeah. have. At the moment, it's just like... I wouldn't like it. No. I wouldn't like I'll that. I'll get you one for your wedding maybe. <laughs> what would you do? You couldn't give that back. That'd be so rude. You wouldn't give it to me at my wedding. You I don't know. You the wedding. Mm. You're allowed to, like, drop a baby at it. Oh, have, not a oh I thought animal. you meant literally drop. I'm like, that would be worse than giving you a Jeff Koons. Not a drop the announcement. Yeah. No, I meant literally dropping a baby. I was so confused. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, <sighs> how many babies are you planning to have there? Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so that's fine. Maddie, what's your next one? My second cursed object is a, a little lighter one. Uh-huh. Which is nice. That's good. Uh, no trigger warning needed for this one. Oh, you'll love to see it. Yeah. So this is one of the most famous slash notorious surrealist objects ever. Mm-hmm. And it is object... Is it the big Chicago... Sorry. I'm going to get ahead of myself. You're going to ask me if it's the big Chicago bean that everyone takes like selfies yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the most famous surrealist objects. Do you think that's cursed though? I don't, but you said it's a big famous surrealist object. Sorry, continue, Maddie. Just tell us what you meant instead of me interrupting you. It's the Eiffel Tower, you bitch. No, I'm kidding. Imagine. Um, although that actually is considered modern it art. It is, yeah, I know that. It's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. It is Did called. You know the paint is heavier than the real structure. That's one of my favorite facts. That actually is fun. Repeat that for the people properly. Paint on the Eiffel Tower is heavier than the actual Eiffel Tower itself. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And in that one documentary, you can watch the woman have sex with the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I really want to. One of my um fame, my fancy big boy goals. Uh huh. What? Oh wait, I'm not gonna fuck the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I was like, it's been done. No, they have um a restaurant there called like Eiffel Fifty One or whatever. Okay. At like the top of the Eiffel Tower. Is it Eiffel Fifty Five? Like the people that sing Blue Dabadee? <laughs> no. Um, or maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is stupid expensive. Like you can only get like a th- minimum three course set meal, and it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of euros yeah. um but one of my things is like really 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 want to go there one day mm. like when i've had like a really fancy business thing like when i feel very accomplished in my career and something happens in europe to do with it i wish to make signify that milestone with dinner in that eiffel tower so one of the best hot tips is that if you are somewhere that you need to buy tickets for like a specific gallery or like a building or the the one I'm thinking of is the Sky Garden, mm-hmm. where you have to book in advance. Mm-hmm. Often, if you just book a reservation for whatever restaurant is there, you get in for free, and, oh, yeah. and it's open for longer. Yeah. So, great tip for you guys. Now, back to my cursed object. Yes, sorry. This object, which is literally called object, but mm-hmm. is sometimes referred to as luncheon in fur by Merit Oppenheim, oh. <laughs> uh, is, as I said, one of the most notorious surrealist objects, most most praised. Mm-hmm. Um 
critically acclaimed. So it is created to make you uncomfortable. Yes. And I understand that fully. <laughs> but. And it did its job. <laughs> not every surrealist object fucks me up. Like, I would happily own Dali's lobster telephone. Yeah. That doesn't fuck me up. Yeah. This fucks me up. So basically, surrealists were aiming to shock people out of the limits of reality. I have that in quotes. Uh, by altering familiar objects. Mm-hmm. So taking a normal object and just doing something to it that makes it horrible. And uh, what she did to this teacup, saucer, and spoon is just cover them in fur. She got gazelle pelt and just wrapped this teacup, saucer, and spoon in it. Oh, I'm learning something now. It was gazelle pelt. Yeah. Uh, a quote from my MoMA course is, uh, The work highlights the specificities of sensual pleasure. Fur may delight the touch, <laughs> but it propels the tongue. MoMA, <laughs> you're not wrong. So looking at this teacup saucer and spoon covered in fur i think it's first of all is the kind of fur it is it's not like fun craft store fur it's a full-on pelt of an animal mm-hmm. you do immediately think of just picking it up and trying to sit from it and then you won't fucking die yeah so this to me just looking at this my mind just goes that's cursed mm-hmm. to see it in a museum i'd be like okay but i'd move on swiftly yes if someone said to me i had to have this in my home no way Fair. there is no way absolutely fucking not and this is very, 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 very famous. And I'm playing right into it by being so uncomfortable because of it. <laughs> yeah. But she said it was a fucking fluke. What? Everyone's like, this is a genius masterpiece, best surrealist object uh-huh. ever. And she's like, mm, it was a fluke. <laughs> because what had happened was having she was having brunch with Picasso and with Dora Maar, who's a photographer. And Picasso said, you know, anything nowadays can be covered in fur because she was wearing these like fur cuffs. Mm-hmm. And she was like, haha, yes, even this teacup could be. And she just went home and covered a teacup in fur. And now it's like the most famous surrealist object ever. Yeah. And everyone's like assigning all this like, this meaning to it. And she's like, it was a fucking fluke. Which like, that's my thing with art. Like people attach a lot of commentary to things and sometimes it's valid. Yeah. But sometimes like it is just a weird fucking thing that someone did. And so people attach a lot of stuff about like feminine refinement and decorum to this weird cup. Because she did explore like female identity and exploitation in her work a lot because as we mentioned a little bit um with one of fiona's uh, artists in the earlier episode mm-hmm. women in these art circles in the like early part of the 1900s yeah largely muses they were the subjects of the art rarely yeah. were they allowed to actually be the artists and she's like one of the rare exceptions here but in this case like i 100 percent buy it was just a weird idea that she ran with because she's described it. She's like, yeah, he said this thing, so I went and did that thing. It's like an yeah. inside joke that just made her incredibly, incredibly famous. And it just doesn't need to be that deep, especially with surrealist shit. Yeah. Like, surrealist stuff sometimes is just a bit of a joke. Like, Dali, incredibly good at his art, but a lot of what he did was a, a fun little joke for him. Yeah, and he knew that. Yeah. Absolutely. So when it's surrealist, like, yeah, sometimes it is really serious, but a lot of the time it's fucking not. And, like, later on, like, past the data... If you go back to last week, Fiona did explain Dada a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was an entire movement that was like a, a pushback against abstract impressionism because yeah. the abstract impressionists were taking themselves way too fucking seriously yeah. and fully policing what counted as art. So there was a whole like counter movement in the 1950s of people just being like, fuck you and just doing super weird shit and being like, this is art. Yeah. Just to push back. Like there's one piece called Bed by Robert Rauschenberg where he just used his own pillow and quilt and just scribbled all over them and then hung it up because if you hang it on the wall, then it's art. 
Yeah. And, like, he did obviously have a thought process behind that. But a lot of them did do that. They just fucked with they people. They're just shit. like, oh, yeah, here's my art. And then they're like, ha-ha, art, what is art? Yeah, like, <laughs> a lot of modern art is just memes. Yeah. They should call the museum fucking meme art. I'm resigning from this podcast. But seriously. Mm-hmm. So, although bed, which honestly bed disturbs me, but I think it's mainly just because it looks like dirty sheets and I'm like, ugh, yeah. don't like it. Fair. Um, That was a couple of decades after the horrible little cup I'm talking See, about. I weirdly liked bed. I understand that, yeah. Yeah. Like, I saw I saw that one in person. I was like, interesting. And I remember like seeing a bunch of kids. Honestly, it could genuinely be just my fucking art snobbery. But there were a bunch of kids going around making fun of it. And I was like, fuck you. Someone put time and effort into this. In terms of like... It's because like, there was thought put into the composition yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what... Oh, no, yeah. He people... hasn't just done like one random scribble and been like, fuck it. Although yeah. like iconic. But it is like... He makes it seem more nonchalant than it was. Yeah. But... Like, I understand 100%. And that, I don't reckon that is cursed. That's just something that makes me uncomfortable. Because when I see sheets and stuff that look like that, it's either when I'm looking at, like, a crime scene or some really old shit. And I'm like, no, thank you. Um, But, yeah, that is, like, I just really do think that a lot of the time people read way too far into art. Yeah. And in this case, you literally have the artist who did a lot of other really carefully considered work. Saying this was a joke at brunch with Picasso and Duramar. Which... Imagine. Fucking iconic. Imagine being like, oh, this was just a joke that I made with... With Picasso and Dora Maar, and then I went and accidentally made the most iconic surrealist object of all time. God. So, all respect to her and her art. I just do not ever want it near me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great success for her as an artist. Nice. So, fab times. I've realized my last one was also Francis Bacon. That's fine. But I have no backstory. Yeah, but does the backstory we already know about him make it a bit more fucked up? Mm -hmm. It's just this shit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 ew. <laughs> what is that called then? Is it George? Huh? What's that called? It's called um, Study for the Nurse. It's meant to be a woman. My final one, um, as I just mentioned to Maddie before we started losing our minds over it, is Study for the Nurse by Francis Bacon because it is just so haunting. Mm-hmm. It is a woman, naked, trapped inside a small cage in extreme amounts of pain. Mm-hmm. And again, I just don't understand. I think before I knew that story, I was like, I liked Francis Bacon's work because I didn't know he was that cooked. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, wow, he plays with color and stuff. But the thing is, but you... now I look at this and know that it was made by someone dark enough to just leave the person they're in a relationship with enough of the earth. Like, that is insane. And now yeah. I'm like, this is a dark as fuck. Yeah, thing. it's absolutely so it's fucking It's even more dark. cursed now that I know but the that. The thing is, when you watch him speak, it's like. Which I've never done. It yeah. is just so like level mm. like everything is so measured and it's like this is just who you are yeah like which makes it even more fucked up because it wasn't some chaotic person being like leave him there we'll go to the gallery uh-oh he literally was just like well we'll we'll come back in a few days we mustn't say anything right now off to make more That's fucking insane. art it's crazy and when you look at this fucking painting jesus well, so this is where i'm kind of like art from the artist would francis bacon be cancelled in 2020 most artists are like would be cancelled. Yeah. That's the thing. Like they just would be. Yeah. Like Damien Hurst, people are like, fuck that guy. Mm. Which I understand hundred percent on the animal cruelty front. But at the same time, like so many artists do fucked up shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just kind of like the price you pay for this shit because you this doesn't come from a normal mind. This doesn't come from someone who didn't leave their ex boyfriend on a toilet after yeah. the overdose. And this happened like 14 years before all that. 
Yeah. But you look at this and it's it's called just like study study for the nurse. Yeah, study for the nurse. But it looks this looks like someone who has been like has horrific chemical burns and has been tortured. It is just the only word for Francis Bacon is visceral. Yeah. You're like this is something that like it makes me deeply like you can't look away but it's distressing. Yeah. What the fuck? And that's something I've always loved in his work, but now it is way more tainted knowing that it came from actual fuck up a Honestly, that makes it so much more interesting to me. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Oh. This was one of my original ones as well. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through Francis Bacon pictures now, guys. Yeah. and I do really like it. I think it's really cool work. It's very interesting work, yeah. Because, like, sometimes it's, like, just a blur instead of a face, but you're like, I know exactly what this is conveying still. He's mm. incredibly talented. Yeah. No one's denying that. We're just saying... But honestly, a lot not of Not really most... keen on the leaving your ex-boyfriend who just overdosed in the bathroom while you go to your art exhibit yeah. thing. It's yeah. not, not our scene. But, you know, a normal person could not do this shit. Mm. They just couldn't. I mean, I haven't looked into it, but I don't think Dali did any fucked up shit. Like, yeah, but Dali's stuff was not like this. Yeah. Dali's stuff... Even the stuff that is a bit darker has an air of whimsy to it. True. He's a whimsy lad. Yeah, and he wouldn't have been, like, so... Like, the fact that Francis Bacon destroyed so much of his own work. Yeah. Like, whereas Dali was like, this is fun. Here's a picture of my sister. He did, like, (laughs) one painting that we saw where it was, like, something about Hitler. And then you're like, where the fuck is Hitler in this? And it's just a tiny little picture of Hitler, like a portrait on a a plate with some mung beans. Yeah. But like, tiny, tiny face. Yeah. So it's like, there's always an air of whimsy to Dali, and that's why even when his paintings are fucked, they're not cursed. Yeah. Because you're like, he was a fun guy, and, you know, he probably did some problematic shit because he was a man who existed. Who existed. Like, yeah. Yep. But, <laughs> but especially back then. it's not at the Francis Bacon level where you look at any of his paintings and you're like, there is some from real fucking intrinsic mind. darkness here. And yeah. I think he was like disowned by his family because he was gay, or like, there's a lot. Francis Bacon's backstory, as we can probably guess, was not a happy one. No. Um,. And the end of his life was very fucking depressing, too. So I really suggest watching that documentary, Yeah, guys. I'm going to watch that documentary. I'm really interested in it now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, that's a deeply, deeply upsetting picture. Yeah. Hmm. I think, yeah, probably just just no Francis Bacon's. Yep. I don't want any Francis Bacon's in my, in my house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, like, when I was looking for modern art, I wasn't like, I want a Francis Bacon piece, unless it was, like... To go in my insanely large mansion, it would go in the bathroom, but my bathroom is, like, all marble and fancy. Yeah. It could go in the downstairs basement bathroom, perhaps. No, but nowhere the, else would I put a Fran- Francis Bacon. Not downstairs, because that's just, that's a bit spooky in itself. That would spook up that bathroom. Yeah, that's why it's I reckon the only there. place this could be okay normal. is if you had, like, a, like a proper bar room. That mm-hmm. was, like, a specific kind of decor. Yeah. Like, what I would call, like, the gentleman's club kind of decor. Yeah. And no, you could no. have a singular Francis Bacon there with many other arts to balance it out. Yeah. Anyway. What's anyway. Your, what's your final cursed art piece? Now that I've basically just told you a few bits didn't quite like and the balloon animals. <laughs> so. Maddie's final essay. Remember when you asked about clowns earlier? Oh, yep. <laughs> I'm just really interested about clowns now. This one is about murder again. Ah, okay. So, my final cursed art is every single art piece ever created by, by a clown. Sorry. By John Wayne Gacy, aka the Killer Clown. Oh God. Are you Ooh. familiar with John Wayne Gacy? Is um if if it's the Killer Clown, isn't it just that there was like a real it in real life? 
Yeah. So, so that's him, yeah? It's worse than that. Oh, okay. Because it's just like a weird paranormal thing that lives in the sewers. Mm. John Wayne Gacy was a murderer, very prolific serial <laughs> Murder killer. Murderer is pretty uh, heavily implied in the killer clown title. Well... <laughs> John Wayne Gacy assaulted and murdered at least 33 young men and boys in the 70s and also performed regularly for charities and at children's hospitals as Pogo the Clown or Patches the Clown. I have heard about this. Mm-hmm. No, I do know about this. Yeah, <laughs> which paints a really horrifying little image already. So mm-hmm. add in the fact that his MO included tricking the victim into putting on handcuffs as part of a magic trick. Yeah. And oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26 of his 33 known victims mm-hmm. were buried in the crawl space of his home. Yeah, that's where part of the it thing came from as yeah. well. But yeah, no, fuck up. 26 that's in the fucking crawl so space. Many bodies. Yeah. And then a few more were like in his yard or something or just other Wouldn't places on the property. Smell? Yeah. That's insane. But just the fact that he murdered all these people and yeah. he was a fucking clown and he used like a magic trick to trap them. Yeah. And then he just kept them in his home. Anyway, so (laughs) he was executed in 1994, but before then, in jail, he made over 2,000 arts, which now sell for up to $175,000. Honestly, not that much when it comes to fancy art world, though. These are not fancy art world. Yeah, true. That's just too much money. And these are also paintings made by a literal serial killer in jail. So... Uh, one of his paintings that he did of Jeffrey Dahmer's skull. Um, and the, a really fucked up thing was he was allowed to profit from selling these until the mid-1980s, which is fucked. What? Because legally, like, you're not allowed to profit directly off publicity for your crimes. Yeah. Like, there's a whole set of laws yeah, yeah, yeah. called the the Son of Sam laws, mm-hmm. which is named after a different murderer, because they were like, this guy's going to try and get money out of his crimes. Yeah. So they introduced a whole set of laws. So legally, like, you can't fucking profit off your crimes, but I don't think that the... The Son of Sam laws came in until the mid 1980s. Yeah. So he he was able to sell paintings he was doing in jail for thirty three fucking murders. Jesus. Um, and like the thing is, no no one in the world would want his shit if he hadn't done thirty three murders. He no. would never have sold a single piece of art. So any yeah. profit he made off that is directly profit from his murders. So, um, bit gross. Circling back to the clown thing. Mm-hmm. Killer clown, you asked about clowns. Yeah, yeah. Some of his most famous paintings oh, are called Pogos, and no. they are paintings of a fucking clown because of, of course they are. Yep. Let's look at some Pogos. Oh my god, I don't want to. Keep in mind, this man was a clown. He dressed up as a clown. He targeted young men and boys, handcuffed uh, them as part of a magic trick, and kept the fucking bodies in the crawl space of his house. That is so haunted. So many po. He did so many Pogos. He did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pogos. That's him. Many people have them because he made like 2,000. Yeah. Uh, A quote from a man who owns one of the pogos. As it is risen out of its box, people say they get ice in their veins. It has been touched and created by pure evil. That is a single fucking pogo painting done by John Wayne Gacy. And in addition to the fucking cursed, 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 cursed clowns mm. he does portraits of people like charles manson and elvis and just a bunch of other really weird shit oh my god imagine if he drew you'd be worse than that really bad photographer we know taking a photo mm-hmm. yeah yeah actually no they're actually they're they're not like great art but they look like the people yeah and then no, but Char- i mean like from a cursed angle it'd be worse oh god yeah yeah absolutely yeah but uh charles manson was a fan 
And so he went on to, in return, do a bunch of arts uh, in addition to his beautiful music career. Uh, (laughs) Charles Manson went through a Picasso period, which is nice for him, apparently. Mm -hmm. That was a fun fact I learned. Uh, And uh, to be honest, I would be more inclined to get a Manson art than a John Wayne Gacy, like at a bush. Yeah, Um, if I had to. For the historical significance, but still probably no thanks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Manson painted an homage to the Pogo Haunted Clowns, which is just really fucking beautiful. Uh, (laughs) There are so many serial killer arts yeah because i saw oh, yeah like, i mean yeah a lot of serial killers are just wronged creators really <laughs> no but like a lot of them are very creative people yeah but not this that's what you would think like in life like we've discussed yeah. charles manson frustrated musician hitler frustrated artist yeah but these aren't even people who were like even vague yeah good. oh yeah you mean the ones where they just go to jail and they're like hello here's yes. my stick figure give me money all 2000 mm. of john wayne gacy's cursed fucking paintings were done after all the murders when he was yeah. in jail waiting to get executed um so yeah so many serial killer arts and some are just weird like just really weird but the super super cursed ones that i looked at are the ones that have a direct correlation with the crimes so like pogo yeah. is a direct correlation with yeah. the crimes or um a guy, Andre Crawford, did a pretty, very bad, actually, drawing called First Kill. Yep. Uh, which is not a great drawing, but it's very unsettling to look at because it's a terrible drawing, but the emotion on this woman's face is so fucking real. Yeah. Um, and Guys, then, my face this whole time while yep. Maddie is rapidly going through it. It's just... Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I haven't even shown you that one. I honestly won't because I think it would actually haunt you, even though it's a really bad drawing. I really drawing. want to see it now, though. Okay. <laughs> we'll put all the serial killer arts in a specific one that may be behind like a graphic being like serial killer arts are behind here yeah yeah um by which is on our instagram at hey cabin fever for non-cursed content that's right <laughs> so andre crawford i'm just gonna quickly give you fiona mm-hmm. tell you what he did he's a serial killer who killed 11 women between 1993 and 1999 mm-hmm. uh and this one's crazy i was alive then mm-hmm. and this one is called first kill Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, it is such a... Just not a good drawing. But like... But he conveyed so much emotion. He has captured the emotion in a way that is... It is... It is haunting. Oh. Yeah. So, that one I'm not going to put on our Instagram. If you want to see it, it's... Search... Andre Crawford first kill on Google Images. But, like, tr- it, actually... it is actually really... It's not, like, graphic in that... Yeah. But, like, it is It is deeply disturbing. It is deeply disturbing. It's the eyes that have... Yeah, it is. It, oh it's God. No, it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. It's because but... it's just really... At, if you didn't know what it was, you'd be like, that's a bit of a weird drawing. It's, like, asymmetrical and, like, the teeth yeah. are fucked and stuff. But knowing that this man actually did murder people... And then drew his first... Yeah. Fuck. It's just really fucking haunting. Uh, yep. And then another one is, uh, the Cleveland Strangler mm-hmm. did a drawing of a graveyard. Idea. Yeah. He yeah. did a drawing of a graveyard with 11 tombstones mm-hmm. or his 11 victims. Yeah. Um, and then he did another one two years ago where it's the same thing, but all the graves are named. Yeah. TBH, that doesn't even count as art. It's just attention seeking. Yeah. Like even the, the cursed pogos are arts, even yeah. if they're fucking horrible. Yeah. But yes, no dice for the Cleveland Strangler. Yeah. It's not. No, no. No dice. My uh, final little little <laughs> tidbit about John Wayne Gacy. This is part of his Hi Ho series featuring the seven dwarves. This is the, the one art of his that I... I mean, it is haunting, but the story is just so funny. 
that is almost not cursed. It's called Dwarf Baseball. <laughs> and it is literally the seven dwarves playing baseball. But the blurb from the guy who now owns it is, While in prison, Gacy painted this adorable little gem featuring Disney's seven dwarves playing baseball against the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> the original owner of this piece, art dealer Stephen Koshel, then went around to autograph conventions and got a bunch of Hall of Fame baseball players, including Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Ernie Banks, and even President Richard Nixon to sign it, never telling them who painted it. Oh my god. This is Dwarf Baseball, and there are all the signatures. Oh my god. And it says New Jersey Dwarfs, 1990, and they're playing against the Chicago Cubs. I love Twilight. (laughs) Damn. Yep. That is the only the only piece of art that I've seen by John Wayne Gacy that I'm like, it's almost funny enough because of the signatures. It's funny because of the signatures. That it's almost not cursed. Oh, no, it's very cursed. Look at how it's long still, the legs are on some of the still doors. Cursed, and the yeah. cursed clown in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still cursed. Yeah. But compared to the other ones and compared to First Kill by Andre Crawford. Yeah, First Kill's fucked. So, yeah, that's my final art is every single piece of art created by John Wayne Gacy. Fair. Uh, First Kill highly cursed to the point i honestly if you are easily unsettled don't even look at it uh but the cleveland stranglers gravestones i don't want to say try harder hun because i don't want him to try harder and then kill me yeah i don't want to i don't want to provoke any serial killers in this episode so the moral at the end of this is is art is subjective subjective. (laughs) and if i've offended you and you happen to be a a killer that I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, John Wengacy is already dead. Or, I think it's because I saw um, that first kill one, and now I'm like, and that is the most haunting. Is he still alive? Like because I saw that, and it was so haunting. Yeah, he's still alive. Fuck. He's not gonna get out. That first kill painting was so haunting that I'm scared to say anything. It was a pencil there drawing entire, with just. There like, are entire pe- podcasts about true crime and about murderers. They talk about them so often. And I'm like, wow. I've talked about, I've mentioned three serial kills and I'm actually scared for my life tonight. And I think it is that impact of that first kill one. Also, it's like half past midnight. Anyway, I'm just checking to see if he'll ever, ever get out of jail. We didn't insult his art. We actually said it was surprisingly visceral. Yeah. I think it is the fact that it's the sort of picture that should evoke literally nothing because it's just like so, so basic, basic. But it really is one of those haunting things. Of it. I would put that yeah. I would put that above everything. The death of George Dyer on the toilet. Yeah. In hauntedness. Yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, That's our surprise number one from both of us. Um, <laughs> oh. All right. So that was our beautiful episode on cursed art. Uh, Cursed. We certainly did approach this from different angles. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do much. (laughs) Not too much Yours is like, uh, I don't like these red people or the balloon animals or this painting I didn't know was quite as cursed as I do now. Yeah. I've got uh, some really dark content. A, A death, a little teacup, and several murderers. The teacup one was fun. <laughs> so, I'm so stressed. I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Oh, I haven't. Um, I hope this has encouraged you to look into art. Yeah. Because, you know what? The murderer thing, not for everyone. Mm. But the first two were really legitimate art things. Yeah. Um, and all of Fiona's were legitimate art things. So mm. that's great. Uh, 
We have no way to wrap this up because we're, we're just really, really stressed. Just, if, seriously, do not look up the last kill of you are at all. The first just, kill. Fuck. Mm. Oh. And I'm like, I love like... I literally, in my head was like, I read like, I read like cooked Wikipedia pages all the time. Yeah, but my little imagination just went somewhere. Yeah, same. Which was, what if he hasn't drawn the last kill yet? No, Maddie, why? Why? <laughs> why? 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 Okay, so we're going to go. No. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I mean, truly cursed, though. Uh, so, uh, I think I, I completed the assignment. So, if you guys, if there's anything else that you'd love to hear our opinions of, like, what might be cursed on. Like, so cursed architecture. Cursed literature. Like, if you want us to hear our opinions on what of other mediums is cursed, I let us know. Uh, I think I did a good job, because Fiona is literally looks like she's about to fry or throw up, and she's <laughs> hugging herself real tight. So uh, I hope you guys uh, hug yourselves real tight, uh, have sweet dreams, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. Hated it. <laughs> Hello, Editing Maddie. It's Fiona. Um, I've written a little song for you. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep cause I'm a babe. I don't want to miss a thing. I even want to dream of you. The sweetest dream would never do. I don't want you, babe. I don't want to miss a thing. God, was that beautiful? You're welcome.